0: Has risen from the ocean. It has followed us here. It spoke to me. What did it say? We don't belong here. Little house on the skin.
1: Are recording.
2: Hello. Hello.
1: Welcome to Little House on the Scary episode seven.
2: Whoa, oh, really?
1: seven? Yeah. Wow, episode
2: that's a prime seven. number.
3: Seven.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is a prime number. Do some introductions. I am Nigel, aka the Peruvian Nightmare.
3: I am Scary Anna. <laughs> what? That's scary. Does that not
1: sound scary? I am Scary Anna. You know? I
3: am Scary Anna. I'm trying to have a little gravitas, oh. you know? Oh. Yeah. You ruined it, Nigel.
1: Sorry. you laughed
3: at my gravitas.
2: <laughs> I am Shyanigans, a.k.a. Mrs. Peruvian, Peruvian Nightmare. Nightmare.
1: But we were just talking about why I'm not mr cheyannigans
3: yeah why aren't you mr cheyannigans
1: because i'm the peruvian nightmare
3: but you could also be mr cheyannigan
1: i could i think that we next to episode that. next episode <laughs> all right so greetings listeners <laughs> it's been a spell since we last recorded an episode life has a way of catching up you it's know february it's february yeah february yeah. happened Oh, February. It's not February. It's, it's March. March. Yeah. yeah, it's March. But
3: February happened. Right. It did. Yeah. It
1: did happen. It did happen. Check-ins here. How are you doing?
3: I'm. I'm good. I mean, it's March again. You know. Oh yeah. I'm having a little. Like I'm having some PTSD. <laughs> next
1: week. Next week. Last year. <laughs> yep. Wow. Was the first week of. Yeah. Well, I quarantine. mean,
3: February was when you know we started hearing about it, but. I know for me, my job got shut down the seventeenth of, yeah. of March and that, that's when it really got real. So happy Covid anniversary. Yeah, happy Covid anniversary. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Hope... And my birthday's this week. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So... Sixty. <laughs> Sixty two, Nigel. Sixty
1: two. <laughs> Sorry, I help out. <laughs> how are you doing?
2: I'm all right. I'm you know, you know, I'm good. I'm coming up on the anniversary as well. Uh, oh, you too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my kid has some cooties.
1: She does. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah that's that's rough on the parents too. Yeah. Everyone out there, I just want to acknowledge that if you have a child with cooties, I recognize the trauma, yeah, your pain
3: and suffering, yeah, and yeah. The boogers. Oh, yeah. the
2: boogers. It's not
1: good. It's no. not a good situation. We're not pointing fingers, Saranay, but we're not pointing any fingers, <laughs> now. <serenally. laughs>
3: what? No, nobody's acknowledging <laughs> that it's not good. <laughs> oh, oh
1: sorry. That was excellent. <laughs> really, really good scary Anna. Well, if this is your first time joining us, we what? Your check in. <laughs> oh, I'm doing Angel, fine. <laughs>
3: you always skip your check in. <laughs>
1: I'm this doing all right. So,
3: you know, this is like toxic masculinity, Nigel. Yeah. Well, it's not good for you. No. We care. That's true. About you.
1: Yeah. I'm doing okay. Yeah. Got a lot on the old uh nightmares plate, you know. A lot on the old plate there. But doing all right. You did
2: just recently have an upgrade in your life.
1: I bought a new bike. That's true. I spent $150 on a road bike, and I love it.
3: But you're also speaking into a gold microphone. Oh, oh. (laughs) Super (laughs) fancy gold microphone.
1: I was thinking
2: of his new um, wet mop.
1: Wow. (laughs) That's a
2: lot lot of upgrades. So much.
1: So much happening in the end of... uh, Yeah,
3: you did. You went from a a Swiffer to a Boner.
1: Bon, bona, Bona, Bona. <laughs> oh, Bona! <laughs> <laughs> it's a solid wet mop. It's got it's got some uh, you know oomph to it. You know, it's good. But I am talking into a fancy ass microphone here, so I uh, hope it sounds good. I will know in post production. It looks we, good,
2: Nigel. If we have
1: to record the whole other episode again, then we'll do it.
2: She said you sound like Liberace.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, Cheyenne was. Liberace was before Cheyenne's time.
3: But not before my time. Not before my time. Before my time.
1: (laughs) Anyways, if you're just joining us for the first time, we are a horror podcast and we talk about horror movies and each one of us picks out a particular movie and then we uh, discuss it. We break it down and, you know, we have segments that we get into. Corners, really. Corners. Yeah. Corners. Yeah. uh, We have Scary Anna's Corner. Right and um
3: recipe corner what's my theme didn't we have a theme no she'll
2: be coming around the corner when she comes scary anna she'll be coming around the corner when she comes scary anna she'll be eating lots of cheeseburgers and reading all the literature She'll, she'll be, be coming, coming around the, the corner, corner when she comes scary anna
1: so that was it's the, a little bit long for a theme yeah but it, it's full of joy and that was the uh <laughs> that's the first time first time they've ever actually gotten it
3: oh, um, we didn't even practice no, was, the lyrics are, are hard
1: i just have notes sometimes. i'm just nightmares notes you know you
3: don't want to be a corner
2: no Nigel.
1: no no
2: <laughs> All right. Anyhow, so you were gonna say that we spoil the movies, we spoil the ending for you. So oh, yeah. if you don't want to know what happens, then don't listen until you've watched the film.
1: Yeah. So you know, we I, we should probably put this up front from the Barry something. Maybe I'll even put it in the. Uh the show description but like yeah we t- we're talking about these movies it's too much of a pain in the ass to like talk about them and try not to spoil them yeah this is
3: not a review yeah
1: we're not reviewing like, yeah, shit we're, we're talking analyzing. about these movies and all 13 of y'all out there i'm sure um come
3: on we're like up to 33 now right 37 I 37 I think, yeah, another
2: 37. prime number
1: and we've actually wow. been picked up by stitcher um we've been picked up by a host of new wow uh, podcast platforms. Out. So we are getting out there. Um, but yeah, if you're worried about spoilers, um, don't, don't don't listen. listen. <laughs> but so today we are digging into a pick of Scary Annas. Yeah. Um, a movie that came out in 2020 on Netflix and it is called His House. And here's a brief synopsis, a very brief synopsis of an extremely complex movie. Um, I love that IMDB is able to give these, like, ridiculously simple synopsis.
3: Yeah, you know someone's job is to write yeah, that. Yeah,
1: of a movie that's super complex. But anyways, a refugee couple makes a harrowing escape from, a, from war-torn South Sudan, but then they struggle to adjust in their new life in an English town that has an evil lurking beneath the surface.
3: That's accurate.
1: That is accurate. Cut to...
0: Congratulations. You're being released as asylum seekers, not as citizens, not yet. You will be sent to a home of our choosing. You must not move from this address. We are good people. Whether or not you're good people, it's not me that needs convincing. It's a palace. This entire house is just for us. It's gonna be nice, you're gonna be happy. As long as you can get along, fit in, people the good ones. This is our home. All I can taste is the metal. We'll get used to it. the duck. You have felt it too. You having problems with the property? This is what they want. They like to see us crazy. Ah! <laughs> Let them send us back. How quickly you forget. Everything we went through to get here... We are not going back. There's no witch now. Get up! What is that? Rats. Rats? Did this? You went outside. This is my house! This is my house! You don't wonder what it tells me. It says I should be afraid of you.
1: So His House, directed by Remy Weeks, written by Remy Weeks, the screenplay, and Felicity Evans wrote the story. It is, I guess, categorized as drama first, horror, then thriller, and again, it was a 2020 release on netflix but one thing that's really kind of interesting about this movie apparently it was super popular but this guy ryan gilby wrote in an article called nightmare on asylum street his house the horror film about the migrant crisis and i totally forget where he wrote that but that's the name of the article if you want to look it up i'll post everything in the show notes but he wrote about the quoting the director remy weeks Um, He also encountered another kind of monster, Harvey Weinstein, who was desperate to get his paws on his house back when it was a hot script doing the rounds. Quote, when I turned the Weinstein company down, they got upset and tried to sue me. They're very aggressive about getting the rights to films. If it wasn't for the hashtag Me Too movement that blew up the company... They probably would have had their way. Now, that's a scary story. So interesting kind of tidbit that really kind of revolves around a lot going on in this film. There's not necessarily much to do with um, the Me Too movement, but there's certainly got a lot to do with sexism and stuff that's going on in this, this film. So that was in Harvey Weinstein's a scumbag. So there's tons going on in this movie (laughs) so there's lots of things to talk about running the gamut from colonialism racism poverty exploitation kidnapping um but so we're gonna we're gonna break into it and since it was um scary anna's choice why don't you kick it off why don't we dig into the scary anna
3: yeah yeah so so my favorite horror genre is the ghost story like haunted house ghost story type of thing um and and that's what this is this falls very squarely within you know the haunted house ghost story realm uh but it has this really fascinating twist to it in that it's (laughs)
0: sorry
3: (laughs) you just punched
0: me with the microphone
3: (laughs) i'm like french kissing the microphone here (laughs) Okay, so anyway, really um, interesting take on the ghost story genre in that it's about refugees, right? It's about these refugees um, that come from this really terrible situation, really horrible situation, and the experiences that they go through and um, and how their, their situation as refugees affects this hunting situation and how the two feed off of each other. Um, in really interesting ways. And so that's why I was drawn to the movie. I was really... And this is one of the few movies that I watched without knowing anything about it. Like, Mm. usually I research the hell out of a movie. I'm just a researcher. That's what I do. Especially if it's a movie that I think might, like, be really sad or upsetting, then I feel like I protect myself by researching it (laughs) and knowing what's going to happen before I go into it. Um, But this one I didn't. I didn't know anything about it. I just went into it. and, um, And it was very worthwhile um, it was there were definitely moments that were hard to watch but, um, but it was really worthwhile and just to dig into the story a little bit more right we have this young couple from Sudan
1: um, South and, Sudan
3: South Sudan sorry right there's a civil war happening there um, genocide, and, you know, we come in kind of in the middle of their story, right? They're, they're already in the UK. They've, you know, survived this arduous crossing of the English Channel. They're in a detention center. And the story is told, like, you know, in these series of flashbacks. It's really disorienting. And that's, that's part of the horror, I mm-hmm. think, part of it. It's really interesting, and then they get moved to a house, right? And they you see them there's like no supernatural things happening in the first I would say the first one third of the movie. Yeah. But there's a lot of horror still because you like you see them move through the, you know, the immigration system and it's very cold and people are just I you know, they're mean to them and like it's crazy because the UK the colonialism of the uk has created these situations in these countries where there's instability and civil war and then these people come to the uk and rather than the uk saying yeah we take some responsibility for this We, we created this we caused this let us help you they act like it's a complete imposition um and they just it's just i yeah it was just really hard to watch it's really hard to watch you know the powerlessness that they have and how they just accepted it and how traumatized they were like they were legitimately traumatized and so they get moved into this house um and that's when things really start to get weird that's when the supernatural Mm -hmm. starts to happen and um the the wife um rial she's convinced that they have brought a a sea witch with them an apeth she calls it and that's in the dinka tradition right, of south sudan um so this is based on a real it's a real what's the word Folklore, yeah, folklore of the Dinka people, and she says that they have a debt that they have to repay, and that's with the apeth, and and the the debt is the whole crux of the story, right? What is this debt? Like, I kept thinking that they just feel guilty that you know that they made made it and the other people mm-hmm. died Yeah, and then I thought okay well maybe he stole something to get across right and right then, because
1: that not that like the um, that's the like, story the, the kind of premise of the apath is that they that you stole something that's the story that she tells
3: yeah that she tells him yeah that there that. was a man who was so desperate to build his house that he was stealing from people and he stole from this witch right and he built his house and because he stole from the witch the witch followed him to his house and haunted him in his house and that's, that's super interesting because she tells it to him like, like folklore, but it's really
2: acting as exposition yeah. to what's happening in the story.
3: Yeah, and she fully believes it. And obviously at this point, we don't realize that she has information we don't have. Yeah. Because I remember thinking, why is she telling him the story? And this just seems very like superstitious and not you know based and why is she not supporting him and why she seems a little hostile to him and you know there are sweet moments you know in their marriage like this is a movie about a marriage essentially Mm -hmm. like really fundamentally um but there are times when she's very hostile to him and i always and i wondered why um and we learn about that later yeah but but it's a it's a it's a really interesting movie and like m- maybe like it's hard to like go into detail without like recreating the whole movie for two hours here and the yeah. <laughs> you know but so then maybe it's better to dig into like the little moments that i found fascinating
1: well, you wrote something really interesting uh, at the very last of this paragraph that we're looking at um pathological positivity Oh yeah, yeah, yeah and definitely bold has that in the film like he's desperate he's desperate to assimilate he's desperate to find the positive side to the positive corner to a situation that seems to be nothing but shit corners yeah i mean they're put into this i don't want to take up your time but they're put in. they're put into this neighborhood that is impoverished yeah right really hostile towards them it's filmed in Essex in this like um, very poor area of Essex and it's uh, super impoverished lots of drug activity lots of alcohol activity lots of violence against women just like a crappy slum and they're dumped from one slum which in Africa to the a new slum which not only do they have to contend with it being a new culture that they're trying to assimilate in that bowls insisting that they assimilate in and then but it, it's also a slum <laughs> like it's also like shitty the wife's name I forget her name Rial. real yeah. Rial gets lost and she's trying to find her way to this one place and this is one of the most the touching doctor. scenes the doctor yeah, yeah. Um, and she goes up in boys thinking that there's going to be some kind of commonality, some kind of um, recognition. Yeah, some kind of recognition. They'll help her. They'll say, hey, you know, I see that you're in trouble, right? Logically, that's what yes. you would you would think. And they throw her under the bus, lead her astray, or straight so up cruel. racist to her, or cruel, tell her to go back to Africa. And it's just, it's sort of heartbreaking, because that was the one that you could tell when she saw them that, like, she was going to be, okay, like, you know.
3: Yeah, these people will help me. Yeah, they'll help that, me. That, and that they children.
1: They're children, yeah. too.
3: <laughs> that was one of the most harrowing scenes of the movie and there was absolutely nothing nothing like supernatural right there and that's what interested me like the themes of this movie is you know what's scarier the supernatural or people like people can sometimes be scarier and that's what they were stuck between they're stuck between this like supernatural entity and then these very inflexible people that would send them back to their potential deaths in South Sudan, right, and so that scene was really like when she was walking through those, you know, those streets where everything yeah. seemed the same. And I read this really fascinating interview with the with Remy Weeks, the director, and how he was referencing The Shining in mm. that scene, right, where um, that that the scenes in The Shining where Danny they're they're walking through mm. the hallways and mm-hmm. it's just repetition after repetition. And I I got that from the original. Mm-hmm. I remember like watching it thinking she's walked past this driveway already like she's walked by this wall already mm-hmm. like she's just walking in in circles like this is a maze she can't get out yeah like, and she
1: literally came into like dead ends she right. like you it's, know was, it was totally amazed yeah.
3: it was really interesting and there was like nothing supernatural about it and when she saw those boys i, I felt dread like absolute yeah, dread yeah, because i knew, I knew gonna happen, how yeah. that was going to turn out and you know the next scene she's in the in the doctor's office and you're like okay she's okay but you didn't know how that was going to turn out what was going to happen to her and that i mean that's that's what she's up against right so she has this apeth in the house terrorizing her although not really terrorizing her terrorizing her husband but her he was saying to her i can get your daughter back yeah you know this is what you need to do for me to get your daughter back
1: well let's talk about that doctor scene real quick and cheyannigans please chime in if you have something to say but let's like that was a really hard scene because you almost also know how it's going to go when you see there. Okay, so there's this white, very British, young British woman um, who is the doctor and she's asking her questions and she's trying her best to be polite. And she's probably, uh, Rial's probably the 50th immigrant she's seen that morning or something like that, you know. Um, and she's trying her best to see that. And she steps in, in a big pile of doo-doo because she says something about their child um well she should come in and see us too and rial doesn't directly answer her but she then goes into the horrors that they witnessed in sudan during the civil war of you know just yeah people mm-hmm. being hacked to death with machetes and which just... this
3: doctor couldn't possibly understand she yeah doesn't have the
1: context for and that. what brought it up is her scarification, right. um, and so what is traditional in South Sudanese peoples are the, the scarification. They are like rituals of coming of age rituals. Most and the, the women have them, the men have them. Rial had two different, distinct two different distinct patterns, and she goes in to say that she was basically she scarred herself. In the ways of both of the f- the tribes, the tribes yeah. that were fighting each other from because the, the North Sudanese were fighting the South Sudanese and the socialists and the Christians and the Muslims. And it was just this crazy fucking mess all brought on by colonialism. But basically she had to for her safety she kind of scarred herself in ways that would she would could represent whatever group was approaching her and she'd be like camouflage yeah like a camouflage Mm -hmm. so that that scene in the doctor's office man was so intense and then she tells briefly the story you know what happened to them before they came
2: so she when she answers the doctor about nyagak I, I had noticed um this is her daughter why isn't she referring to her as yeah. my daughter yeah. didn't make it yeah. my daughter didn't survive all yeah. throughout the film she just refers to her yeah. by her name Nyagak and I thought okay well it's like a You're different culture so yeah. I or I thought oh, or it's, traumatized oh like and a so coping they... mechanism yeah
3: that's what i thought because which is It's so brilliant. Bowl, like he was so cold about it. Mm -hmm. You know, like anytime she tried to bring up the daughter, he would be like, "You know, that's in the past. We have to forget about it. We can start a new family." And I thought,
2: man, that's so cold. Oh my god! And when he throws the necklace in the fire, oh yeah, I just wanted to leave the theater, as they say. I just Mm -hmm. wanted to to.
1: But I could also watching. I could almost also almost feel like what he was trying to do as somebody that has oftentimes kind of lived themselves in this way of uh, like trying to assimilate and trying to, um, um, code switch my entire kind of personhood um so i can fit into particular situations like i could sort of see how he's trying to do that um you know he was went to that pub he didn't drink anything because they were muslim i'm assuming um i think
3: they're christian actually
1: oh they were christian okay yeah and that was the whole another big conflict yeah yeah most of the country in the south was christian And so he was, he was singing the pub songs and the, you know, the, the soccer songs. And so he was trying his best to assimilate. And so he wouldn't be judged on superficial things. They would see those, they would see, okay, well, this guy's singing the same songs as us. He must be a soccer fan, a football fan.
3: But he was desperate. Like there was this definite sense of desperation about it all. And you don't, you, you realize later why there was such a desperation, right? right? Mm -hmm, Because it's based, it's based in guilt. Um, and that, that's what really interested me, is that once you get the full story, you think back at these on these moments of what he did and why he did, like when he burned all of their clothes and all of their belongings yeah. from South Sudan, um, you know, because his wife said, you know, the Apeth followed us, you know, and we have to pay our, our debt. And he thought, okay, well, I'm going to get rid of this Apeth by just burning everything that ties us to that country you know that that was that seemed to me like way way
2: over reactionary, the top. Yeah, super right.
1: reactionary yeah super
2: reactionary um you know everything and, but, he did though in the film was reactionary yes, yes. everything he did
3: yeah but you like, know but but then you realize why towards the end of the film once you get to the 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 real meat of what the debt yeah. entailed yeah. right and that and then you realize you know what and why he was acting like, it changes the way you see him and you look at him and i certainly had a lot less sympathy for him you know going forward in that flashback which we should
1: let's, yeah, like, yeah you know, let's just go for into it, it. Yeah. <laughs>
2: like it it kind of sucker punched me like oh, yeah. it took yeah. my breath away um yeah yeah because so it, it turns, just put all the puzzle pieces together in that one flashback when they're
3: getting on the bus right all right yeah. so so it, it so it turns out that 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 the little girl that they you know t- treated as their daughter that they said was their daughter was not their daughter
1: Nyagak.
3: Nyagak. and and what happens is that they were desperate to get on this bus that was leaving town and they were only letting families on the bus and bol this was bol not rial rial didn't do this bol essentially snatched a little girl yeah um, from her mother little, from, from her, her mother, mother and dragged kidnapped her on the bus a little and girl said, this is our little girl this is our little girl and it got them a spot on the bus and the poor little girl was, you know, hysterical, and you know the mother chased behind oh, the bus. God, that and scene. It just breaks my yeah, heart. Yeah,
2: it was so oh, hard. I mean, a cool straight poor up mother.
0: kidnapping. Hey, my name is Remy Weeks. Hi, I'm Wumi Misaku. Hi, I'm Shoppa and today we're going to take you through a scene for my film His House, shot by shot. I always like to be in the room when we we're shooting. And so, in various parts of the scene, I was either a passenger on the bus or a person in the crowd. I'm there somewhere. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Thank you. When Niagara sees her mom, this actress, I mean, she broke my heart. She sent shivers down me. And she chased that bus like I have seen no one do in that kind of heat. That is one of the most heartbreaking shots for me in the whole film. We can only imagine how her life's been affected by that moment. Well, I could now nail with this scene. You can see in the film she's uh, heartbreaking. Yeah, war is damaging in ways that you can't even imagine. It was actually the last take of the day. We got it and it was like, we're done. Emotionally, we're spent. Let's wrap it. It's it a day. A lot of the time, the world is moving faster than the characters and the characters are just trying to catch up. And I think that exit represents that two characters trying to catch up with a world that's constantly outrunning them. I hope you enjoyed going through this scene with us. Check out his house, Netflix. You have no daughter.
1: Real's already on the bus, and then Bowl's trying to get on the bus, and he sees this girl who's kind of pushed her way into the crowd that's trying to get on this bus, and this bus was getting on the boat, and so, Bull just literally grabs this girl and says, this is our daughter. Because
2: otherwise he would have been separated from Rial. Right, right,
1: right. Because they are the family, right? And so they let him on. um, And Rial's already on the bus and watching. And I think Rial was like, you know, like... Ready to go without him personally. Um,
3: she was super traumatized. Though. Yeah, one of the flashbacks shows what happened to her, and that she was in a school with yeah. a bunch of women and children when you know these soldiers came yeah, and massacred them all, her and she only survived machetes. because yeah. she hid. In a cabinet she's probably living with guilt so she's she was like comatose at that like she was just a walking zombie like she wasn't she wasn't present so she couldn't make decisions Mm -hmm. like bull made and bull made his decision out of desperation Mm -hmm. like absolute desperation. but
1: he still kidnapped this kid and then like as they're the buses driving away because the 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 force that's attacking this village is driving in and already shooting everybody you see the bus driving away and then um, the girl's mother, Niagak's mother, like running and screaming and falling yeah. in the road, screaming for her daughter. The implication is that the
3: mother didn't survive.
1: And then they do this treacherous river uh, or crossing.
3: The English Channel.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the from the Mediterranean. and
3: The boat capsizes, a lot of people drown, including Niagak. Um, and that that's the crux of the guilt that he feels. And then it really makes sense the way he's been acting throughout this whole movie. That like pathological positivity, that yeah. like denial of mm-hmm. reality, that insistence that everything was gonna be fine, that everything they did was gonna be worthwhile and it's gonna work out and that it's gonna be okay. And that rejection of the this idea of the apeth, right? Where real is pretty She's pretty matter of fact about it. Yeah, yeah. This is what's happening. You know that we have a debt, we have to pay it, and he just flat out rejected that. You know, to the point where he like destroys the house. You know, trying to get the epith out. Yeah, that's so interesting
2: because when she brings it up, he like totally denies it and dismisses it. But then in the middle of the night, he's tearing the walls apart. Yeah, because um, he knows yeah. that it's true.
1: Although he, mm-hmm. well, he they'd already seen that it's true. Th- he he was already seeing it.
2: But there yeah. wasn't communication between the two of them about it. Like, oh, did you mm-hmm. see that thing last night? Oh, yeah, I
3: saw it too. It was yeah. just yeah. denial on both parts. Yeah, but they both saw it. That's what I found fascinating because the movie could have left it kind of up in the air is this all in bull's mind right but they didn't the movie did not do that the movie made it clear that this was a real thing that rial saw too maybe it's in both of their minds and then then it's a different thing right but rial saw it too um and they both were experiencing it in a different way where it caused terror for bull but with rial it talked to her it explained things to her it said this is how you can get your daughter back um and i found that really interesting i mean the crux of that was that the this actual this witch this haunting entity couldn't actually do anything to them like it didn't have any physical powers on their in their plane it had to get them to act they had to act and that i found really interesting that was a really interesting aspect to the movie and that if he couldn't get bol to act based on his guilt then he had to try to get rial to act Against bull right? Like that, there had to be this this like physical action where bull cut himself or real cut him. Some yeah, drawing way. of some bull's blood, blood. reaching blood of the barrier yeah. that allowed the witch to come in and affect the plane, right? And that 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 was an interesting part of the movie because how much of this how much of this haunting was just based on their belief? that The strength of the haunting just came. From their belief, and that if they didn't believe in it, maybe it wouldn't have haunted them. But you know, Mm. that makes me think that this movie really is about a marriage, though, like Mm. a partnership. It's really fascinating that what Bull did kind of drew them apart. But in the end, Rial chooses him. Yeah. She chooses him. There's that, that scene where, you know, we're skipping around a lot, listeners. Like, if you haven't watched the movie, not, not, this is not going to make a lot of sense. <laughs> so, you know, hopefully you've watched the movie and you can follow us. But there's the scene where, um, you know, where where Bull has decided to sacrifice himself for Naya, Nayaget. Right, and he he has, has accepted what he's done, and he says, "You're right. Like we have to pay a debt for a debt." And I sacrifice myself for her. And he cuts his arm, and you know the 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 witch comes and starts to you know insert himself into bowl like he's a suit. Or yeah, something. like physically
1: wearing crazy. Yeah.
3: And you see, Rial has Nyagek. Nyagek is there. Rial is hugging her, and you think, "Oh, okay, so this is what she wanted. Like this is the way that she wants things to turn out." And the next thing you know rial is slicing the witch's throat like she left nyagic and and decided to you know save her husband mm-hmm. she chose him right and i that found is that some devotion because he just had her locked up in the house yeah he went yeah, a little crazy yeah, you're right nuts. yeah he went a little crazy but but he redeemed himself right he redeemed mm-hmm. himself like he sacrificed himself and I guess that was enough for her. And the other thing I think, too, is that she realized that Nyagak wasn't real. Like, I mm, don't think yeah. Nyagak was real in this whole entire movie. I think that she was an illusion of the witch, the Apeth. The Apeth created her image. You mean even when they real. were, you don't think
1: she was actually real in no, Sudan? No, I think she was oh, real okay. in Sudan, and yeah. then she died. Yeah, But yeah. I
3: don't think that was her real ghost. I don't think he was... That the, the witch was capable of returning her to life. I think it was no. all an illusion to get right. them to act. Because that's the only way that the Apeth could get power, yeah. is to get them to but act. But then,
2: after the Apeth is killed and it's just the two of them, like in front of the caseworkers, yeah. uh, Nyagak is there.
3: Yeah, as a ghost. Yeah. But without so, any power. Yeah. Like all the ghosts are there. Like Which they, is
2: like a fitting sort of ending, it's almost like a fortune cookie, you know, the fortune that you get. Like, we all, what is the the last line? We all have ghosts that we live yeah. with. Hmm. Um, yeah. And we do, and it's so and true. And in the film, there's just a visual depiction of it. Right. Um, but yeah, we all walk around every day in our homes with these ghosts. Yeah.
3: The other thing I loved about this movie, though, was its use of humor. Like, yeah. hum- the humor was really powerful. And for me, humor, like, the humor releases some of the tension yeah you know and that that is like for me, that's like necessary for me like so if a movie is like too uncomfortable to watch then i just i don't enjoy it but i really enjoyed the humor in this movie and it was and it was throughout the movie it was really well used yeah uh, like the opening scene where he's having this terrible nightmare that's the opening scene he's having a horrible nightmare of the crossing and people drowning and dead bodies um, and and he wakes up and his you know he's got his head in his wife's lap and she asked him what did you dream about and he was like oh I dreamed about our wedding day yeah <laughs> she says oh that explains all the screaming <laughs> you know? yeah and I just
2: thought she
1: oh, was that's, amazing she the actress. was yeah.
3: amazing yeah she was you know and then and then the scene in the when he's meeting with the caseworker, that harrowing scene when he's meeting with the caseworker where he's like destroyed his house and he's asking to be moved to a new oh house, God, yeah. right? And the caseworker's like, what's wrong with your house? And he's like, there's rats. And, you know, yeah. the caseworker's like, I, you know, if we move your house, we're going to have to, you know, examine why you're not assimilating. Like he, the threat was very clear that we're going to send you back. You're yeah. not, your probationary period's going to end and you're going to go back and face certain death like that's your choice this like haunting or a certain death yeah right and um and the and the result of that is that this caseworker comes to the house and does a welfare check and sees the destruction like bowl has gone crazy and all the walls are filled with holes and he says what's happened here and Riel just super calmly says, oh, we have a witch. Was <laughs> like, oh, that when she's wearing yes, the bedsheet? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love that scene. She just comes down the stairs scene. and she's like, oh, we have a witch. And it's just so coolly said. And the guy was like, what? And Bowl is like desperately trying to resolve the situation. And he's got two other caseworkers with him. Like, yeah. it's clear that it's over. These people are going to be sent back. They have destroyed the house. Like, you just, you know that this is over. And but, that's that's when bull kind of loses his. but mind. then
1: she says Rial says after the caseworkers leave and bull's freaking out real says no everything's going to be fine that's what they want us to say you know yeah we, what? they want us to be these mysterious you know like uh yeah. supernatural and she wanted to go
3: back, mm. she, wanted yeah. to go back. She,
1: she did want to go back and that's when she he locked tries. her in yeah and, that,
3: that, and, that, and then it was crazy but then after you know they get rid of the apeth, there's this whole you know resolution to this they, the social worker comes back. The caseworker comes back. The house has been cleaned up. The walls are patched up. And he's like, you know, what happened to the witch? Yeah, jokingly. Bol, yeah, Bull is like, oh, Rial killed her. So then, <laughs> right, you know, which is literally the truth. And the caseworker mm-hmm. laughs. And it's just this release of tension that that's actually it's true. She really did. Yeah, she, she really did. <laughs> so she killed him. Which to me, when it happened too, like, it was a surprise. It right? was
2: a surprise. Number one, because, oh, she's choosing him over the the apparition of this child. But also just um, horror wise, you can do that. Like, I thought <laughs> yeah. like, oh, it's you just that easy. You can just kill it. But, oh, OK. But I
3: think she couldn't have before Bull cut himself. I think he, when Bull cut himself, he kind of breached the barrier between the witch and them because the witch couldn't hurt them and they couldn't hurt the witch. Right. Like they couldn't. So why not just live with other. it? I think Bull thought he could do that. Mm. But but the, I think the witch... Well, there's also madness. Clear. Like, they were yeah.
1: making them insane. Insane, yeah. yeah. How
3: many of those apparitions can you see? And can I just say, like, the jump scare is not dead. Like, I think this movie no, is a good example yeah, of how when done. jump scares are done well, they're really effective. Yeah,
1: the like, whole... And we'll talk about that in, uh, you know... Cheyennegan's recipe corner corner. (laughs) but we'll we'll talk more in depth about that kind of stuff but yeah it's it's a brilliantly done the scares are really great the monster Mm -hmm. monsters were awesome the ghosts were awesome Nyagak as like a a demon is scary as shit
3: little kids always scary yeah
1: yeah and she's wearing like this face mask i mean masks in general like we kind of talked about that yeah. in past episodes but yeah it was super scary Little kids
3: and I, in masks it's a good mm-hmm. combination yep. and
1: i thought that how they kind of conveyed the body modification the traditional body modification the scarification like Niagak's scarification was beautiful and what i read that the actress that's real like that was all real she was really scarred on her face it's just beautiful like i i love that sorry i'm tangent That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but let me get into it here so i'm not gonna bore everybody i i had in the notes to like read the history of south sudan and that it's so complicated and this is the ramifications as scary anna kind of touched on the ramifications of colonialism and you literally see this on every continent on the globe where european colonialists came in and they completely remap everything. They pit friends against friends, and they become enemies and groups. They create groups, and they destroy groups, and it just becomes this massive thing that and goes on. it's all for
3: the search of material. Yeah, for well.
1: hundreds and hundreds of years. But really quickly, South Sudan was part of what they called the Anglo-Egyptian Sudan, which was under British and Egyptian rule in beginning in 1899. And Britain had col- uh, colonized Egypt in 1882 so they just basically jumped from one country to the next and so they completely redrew the maps of the country but that the uh, Anglo-Egyptian Sudan was basically a thing till 1956. Sudan gained independence in 1956 and then in 1962 through 1969 they had a massive civil war that was basically between the the North Sudan and South Sudan. You know fast forward to 1978 oil was discovered in Sudan and that's when shit just gets you know, off the wall. And then they continued to have, uh, there was another massive civil war, the second civil war that happened. And then literally just in, uh, I think 2011, there was more conflicts. I mean, there's constant conflicts that are happening and all this, just like a lot of the race, issues that we're having now in contemporary America are all related to the early European colonialism here in this country. These these acts have a trail that follows them forever and forever and forever and really quickly i put i put up a map on this notes and i may or may not put this in the show notes it might be kind of cool it talking of the different parts of africa that were colonized by european powers britain did a lot uh britain did egypt anglo-egyptian sudan british east africa um, rhodesia all the way down south africa of course uh who else was big Belgium. Belgium had the belgian congo right in the middle the french they had the sahara they had the desert and it was just they just pieced out all of these countries you know they just pieced it out they redrew the maps they cut right into cultures uh, territorial lands and they just rerouted everything and it caused complete chaos and so much of the chaos that we see now that's still happening in africa um is completely related to to this early colonization that happened in like 1855 it was the the earliest british colonies so it's a mess. We see that in the United States. Uh, obviously, they weren't the first to colonize the United States. The Spanish were, but they came right in and, you know, started killing people. And so we're dealing with the ramifications of all that. And so this movie is is rooted sort of in that 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 mess that was created by the British. And like Anna was saying, you know, logically, we would think in our empathetic hearts that, you know, the British would recognize that they did this thing. And so when these immigrants come to their country and they rescue them from this terrible civil war they that's happening to pay. Yeah. You they would think that they that would debt. bend over backwards and do everything they can for these people. Oh, my and
2: God. No, they were like.
3: Oh, they were just like you should be so grateful. Your
2: house is bigger than mine. Be the good
1: ones. Yeah. Be the good ones. Oh,
3: I know the house smells and is full of rats, but you know, this you should be grateful for this. It's interesting how the larger story tracks the smaller story, mm-hmm. right? This idea of theft, of theft of something mm-hmm. and owing a debt and being yeah, haunted by it. The by theft of land by the British. Theft of resources, mm-hmm. right, which is what the British did and being haunted by it. And like you can almost see these like refugees as the apeths of the mm-hmm. British, right? They're coming and they're haunting them. Mm-hmm. And they have to deal with them in some way. They have to deal with their guilt. And are they gonna be like Bull where he accepts his responsibility and he sacrifices himself? Or are they just gonna remain in denial and they right now we remain in denial, complete denial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And Tata, you just part yeah that, of it. That's
1: pretty deep. But
3: wow. part of it is guilt, right? Like this is human nature. Like when you're faced with something that you did that you feel so guilty about, like I think it's a coping mechanism to deny it and to be like, This isn't my fault, I didn't do this. Everything's gonna be fine. I didn't personally do it. Right, I didn't personally do it. I'm benefiting hugely Mm -hmm. by it, but I didn't personally do it, and so therefore I don't need to personally pay back that debt. Like Mm -hmm. It's all about paying back Mm -hmm. this debt. We, we owe this debt, and we need to pay it back. Yeah, And we're talking about that now in the U.S., reparations for slavery, things well, like they've that. they've been
1: talking about it for 100 years, but yeah. It's,
3: it's gaining movement. <laughs> it should it's happen. It needs It's gaining strength, happen. right? Like, mm-hmm. we need to pay back that debt mm-hmm. for, like, our own psychological health, you know, the way that you saw Bull re- recover. Like, he, he dealt with his guilt. He said, you're right. I owe this debt. Here, here. This is what we're going to well, do. Well, you
1: know... The idea of assimilation, too, is something that Ibram X. Kendi, the author, goes into extensively in his writing. We had to, for the first time in the history of Little House on the Scary podcast, we had to take a pause. Nigel had to... For the cause. (laughs) (laughs) You left a pause. Yeah. The... uh, Peruvian nightmare junior in there and woke up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> maybe we were getting too excited. Yeah, maybe we were getting too excited.
1: <laughs> so, as I was saying, really quick. Uh, listeners is I was talking about the author Ibram X Kendi, who's a very popular author nowadays, wrote Stamped from the Beginning amongst many other books. But he goes into this idea of assimilation and assimilationists, which are people who either suggest, strongly suggest, who are in this film specifically kind of people that are forcing these immigrants people from another culture to assimilate into the power holding culture which in this case would be England and Britain and European kind of way of life but basically what what you're saying when you insist that people assimilate is that the culture that they were leaving isn't good enough and that they have to stop being the other and be the same as everybody else or they won't make it. And that's just nonsense. And you think about generation after generation after generation that is, has this mindset of that, our, the culture that we had, the culture that we have is not good enough. So we have to fit the normative idea of, of what American or British society says we should be. Then, you know, that, that, Puts a huge burden, and then you see these insane health disparities that are we're seeing now.
3: Yeah, you saw this in the movie when they kept repeating the phrase like "be be one of the good ones." Yeah, be we one
1: hope of the good. You're ones. one of the good ones. Right.
2: That just means be like us. Exactly. Yeah, that
1: means yeah. We recognize that you're African, but please try yeah, be, to be as be white one of as, the as good possible.
3: Ones. Yeah, exactly. Which means yeah. that you leave behind all your Africanness and you you know embrace all that is British.
1: Right. Which. It's, doesn't work.
3: <laughs> God,
2: what and what a horrifying ask for refugees who are coming to you with nothing. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, they, they have. Nothing. They literally
3: face death if they return, and so you put them in a situation where you you don't give them an option. And I found that to be a really interesting take on this film.
2: Like they really were choosing between this haunted house and the demons or the witch. Or death. Yeah. And yeah. like when when we first started watching it and seeing the house sort of being overtaken by the apath, you know, the first thing that you say in any horror film, yeah. where there's a ghost a haunted or someone, house. Just, Just leave, leave the house. Just leave. Why, are, Why you are you still
1: there? Right. But they
2: can't leave. Literally, literally trapped. Yeah. So that I think makes it that much more powerful yeah. too. And and then at any rate, even if the house wasn't haunted, they're still in a predicament that's
3: pretty oh, they have to be perfect they yeah. have to be mm-hmm. perfect like you mm-hmm. can't have any complaints against you you can't you gotta, get another
1: job um, yeah you have to
3: live off the little paltry amount right, they give you right. you can't work you can't like it's just no complete. other
1: sources of income it's
3: crazy it's craziness how many of us could satisfy those conditions yeah i don't think i could
1: yeah let's move into recipe, recipe corner,
2: corner so as you all know i am the chef of the squad here um i uh i take what the film has done with their million dollar budgets and i teach you how to do it uh from your own pantry not so much with this film though um, there wasn't a lot of gore no no um not much that that you can apply from the pantry um to make things look scary but i think with this film, like we just talked about how frightening the the narrative and the storytelling and the the context is um that they really didn't need a whole lot of effects. You know, they have mm-hmm. the monsters the the guy who played the apeth was um the actor who also plays
1: in the conjuring 2 yeah he's a super famous actor character like monster actor oh, he was in that. it he was in
3: oh i didn't know that
1: yeah now you do the guy that played
3: what was, he, what was he in the conjuring like a monster
1: oh the conjuring 2 he was the um the
3: uh <gasps> the skinny man the skinny yeah, man yeah. guy no, yeah, and, that was scary yeah
1: and then he was he was the the paint the figure from the painting and it remember that came out of oh. the painting
3: wow
2: yeah so the the effects company called framework did a lot of digital enhancements um for like the apeth's eyes um, or some of the ghosts eyes um, or just really like cranking up the contrast on Mm. um, a lot of the practical effects makeup that was on some of the demons and the I, would you call them demons or just spirits or ghouls? Witches, they called Witch, them. They're all witches
3: or they were like witches well, apparitions or there something? There were ghosts. Ghosts. And then there was the the witches. I think there were two of them. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, there was that one scene where there was like lots of them, but I, I don't know. I would.
3: There were a lot of dead bodies that came
1: because ah, ghosts nah, right. ghosts haunt places, and the, the 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 apartment had nothing to do with it. They were but haunting that, the that's people. the thing
3: is, I don't think they were really ghosts. I think they were created by the apath. I think they mm, were visions created be, by yeah. the apath to play on his guilt. Aren't all ghosts just visions, though? I don't know. I guess we'll get
2: into that. Ever <laughs> do like Maybe. another ghost story or have
1: a ghost no, podcast?
2: Not. Yeah. Ghost. But so for me, like the most impressive effect of the visual imagery was the way that they transformed the spaces yeah. metaphorically to to help tell the story. So there are several instances that are flashbacks, but where the present space and the present bowl or the present real are entering that flashback. And so there's this layering of that, that space mm-hmm. onto yeah. this space. So in one One that I'm thinking of is um, where Bull is sitting at their their kitchen table and he's debating with the knife about to cut himself, I think. Yeah. And it's a it's a pretty close shot. And then you zoom out and you see the torn wallpaper and then. There's um, this shifting of light, and then you see water on the floor, yep. which could be, oh, the apartment's flooded, but really it's the- You're in a
3: different space.
2: Yeah, the space has changed, and you zoom out even further, and now you see that actually um, the, it's almost like a ship, so the way that the wall is like cut off in the space, it becomes ship-like. And mm. there's this transformation where he's in the current space, but he's also in this flashback, and that's from the apex. so so all of these transformations are maybe also hauntings, too. yeah
0: mm.
2: yeah, yeah,
3: it's hard to it's very disorienting. You don't know what's real and what's in his head and what's just a flashback, and what's happening in real time. Mm. It's very disorienting.
1: Which kind of shows the motivation for why he was like, well, fuck it, I'll just cut myself. Right, <laughs> well,
3: yeah, because he couldn't live like that. Yeah, yeah even
1: though like
2: in. nothing could happen to him, something was happening. Yeah. yeah. For me, looking at the original images, um, the company called Framework, who did the effects, um, has a lot of the the original shot images and then the the effects that they applied to them mm. digitally and the originals i think like i would be so glad if i could do something like that that is just stunning and then they're going just a bit further uh, to give it a lot more depth and
3: tone yeah but we we have some tools in our arsenal now to do those kinds of things
1: you want fog we can make fog yeah
3: we can but make fog. but with a rear projection but also what, what were they called the glass plates that we So painted? they
2: did do yeah we did um with our king kong remake we did the glass foreground mats
3: foreground mat
2: yeah. mats yeah and that that is definitely a digital technique the it's called matting, matting. Um, and actually the digital technique is taken from the physical practical effect right that, that you would use to put something in the foreground right uh, but, but if, that creates depth yeah and and lots of like really interesting layerings so yeah that's the original image and then they they Erase removed part it. of the wall digitally yeah. And then superimposed it with um, <clears throat> the sea, seascape scene where it looks like he's in the water. And even just the original image is is haunting and yeah. disorienting. But then to put it even further and to make it into this surreal hmm. environment, where is it? Is it a figment? Is it really happening in real it,
3: time? Or, right. Or, yeah. That's. Right. There was a lot of those kinds of questions in this movie. It's like, wait, wait, are they in the Sudan again? Is this real, or is this mm-hmm. a flashback, or? When this actually, is this? When is this, yeah. exactly?
2: So I guess Framestore did 185 um, shots that were digitally altered. So the effects are so subtle. Yeah, yeah. And they're starting with with really high game practical effects.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah, but that—that's the strength. is the subtlety. They're not going for the shock and awe. They are going for subtlety, and they're letting your mind fill in. And that's what you've talked about before, Cheyenne Right? Is yeah. the power of horror when you let your mind fill in the details? Oh, there's nothing scarier than, than your own imagination.
2: Than <laughs> what can happen in the viewer's imagination. And right. so that is why I'm just adamantly
3: opposed against showing the full monster. Okay. Yeah. That. I agree. That is a legitimate criticism of this film: is that they showed too much of the witch. Yeah,
2: the witch is terrifying, but it's no—it's never going to be more terrifying than what they've already shown. Yeah, but you
3: got—you get a really good detailed look at him mm-hmm. for long periods of time, and I agree that takes away the scariness of and, it. Yeah, we fear
2: the unknown, and and once they show us, we know. And but it
3: also feels less real. Hmm.
1: There was a lot of digital work done. I know,
3: but it was so subtly done that it was not intrusive. You yeah, I mean, no, yeah. You look
1: not at it, like a
2: shot like that, like all these people crowded on a boat. How would you do something like that? Well, you'd need a soundstage.
3: Well, we could do it in miniatures, or you do it in
2: miniature. <laughs> yeah. But then, how do you train tiny actors?
1: Yeah, <laughs> little that's little really mice. Good point. Yeah, that's put really little life
3: point. vests on them.
1: The littles. Listeners, we'll post the link to this awesome, yeah, pretty cool, awesome special effects video. About it's the pretty effects. It's
3: generous of them to show. Isn't how it? It's oh, I so felt really like I hit the cool jackpot. Man. Yeah, what a crazy actor. This reminds me of Doug Jones. You know, Doug Jones mm-hmm. plays a lot of monsters in mm-hmm. Guillermo del Toro's movies, mm-hmm. and he has so that So, yeah, body the only type.
2: effect there was to just change the eyes, the digital enhancement. Some digital blood. Mm hmm. Never as good as the, the real guy. thing.
3: Super interesting. Yeah. So there were a lot more digital effects than I thought. Yeah, but they like were you they're so, so done. subtle. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And they don't like overpower the storytelling. No. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'll hire them for my next party.
1: <laughs> Anyways, that was really great, guys. Mm, yeah. It was excellent all around. Great, great
2: film. Yeah. Um, I knew nothing about it like you, Scary Anna, and it just yeah. knocked my socks off. Yeah, me too.
1: I'd give it a nine. Mm-hmm. Nine out of ten. Yeah, yeah. me too. It was, oh yeah! It was finally we fantastic. Agree on the rating <laughs> yeah. so listeners check it out if you haven't his house it's on netflix uh forever i'm assuming check yeah. it out all right well we're gonna wrap it up so thank you ladies scary anna thank you maybe we'll get to
3: 40 after this one
1: maybe 40 yeah Forty listeners. Oh, oh. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't, 62. shouldn't we celebrate? Should we drink a to celebrate? Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to find out more about Little House on the Scary podcast, you can find us on Facebook, on social media everywhere. You can find us on Stitcher, on Google Play, on Apple Podcasts, and just Google Little House on the Scary and follow and subscribe if you want to get in touch with us, if you have film suggestions, which would be awesome. You can reach us at littlehouseonthescary at gmail.com.
3: If you say something nice, we'll say your name on yep, the air.
1: We'll give you a shout out. Become
3: um, semi famous. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Anything else, girls? That's it. All right.
3: Happy March, everybody.
2: Yeah. Happy
1: March. We'll catch y'all later. Dun dun.
2: bye.